Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong, I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the mirror while you're there. Let's take it one day at a time. Cause you and I outweigh. Welcome back to Outweigh, everyone. We've got myself, we've got Amy, and we've got Chelsea Culbertson. Welcome, Chelsea. Hi, so happy to be here. It's possible you already follow Chelsea on Instagram. She's choosing Chelsea. We'll put her information below just in case you don't. But you all have been asking for somebody to come on and talk about the postpartum experience. And who better than freshly in that postpartum experience than Chelsea? Chelsea shares it all on social media. And I think you just do a really good job of being you, (laughs) which is kind of hard to do on social media when, especially in a world that can, you know, pick you apart. So congratulations. And we can't wait to hear about how you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's what a great introduction. And yeah, I mean, it's hard to be you, but also I don't know how to not be. So sometimes it feels like I just don't have a filter, but it's fine. Well, you've been doing it just like that for years and going through your big life transitions has been interesting. So you have two daughters now? 
Yes. My older daughter is 12. I had her when I was 17. So a baby having a baby. And I just had my newborn at the end of March and she's almost three months. So yeah, 12 year age gap. It's literally like starting all over again. Everything feels brand new. Including the postpartum experience, I assume. Oh, yeah. It's such a blur. And I only remember like the recovery part from being postpartum with my first. And I just remember being like, I didn't know I was gonna like bleed for that. Like you just don't you're not taught all this stuff. And so much was like a surprise to me. I was like, wait, it's gonna sting horribly when I pee for the next like, however many weeks because of who knows what happened down below. And uh So yeah, but now, yeah, it's so much more. It feels like it's hard to even put it into words, but it's a whole new experience. And you've been so proactive about body image over the last, I don't know, we've been following each other for many years. I imagine when you were 17, your body image woes were different than your body image woes now, 12 years later after your second. Or... Is it the same despite the amount of work that you put into, you know, loving yourself? No, it's so different. And just for like a little bit of background, my my Instagram page started as like a fitness account and like a weight loss account. And then as I went through that journey, I transitioned into more of, you know, self-love, body acceptance, body confidence, trying to find that happy middle ground and then I, I transitioned this new postpartum period. And when I was 17, I had always been like a bigger girl. I carried a lot more weight. I was always very chubby. And since I was 17, I actually spent a majority of my pregnancy hiding my pregnancy. I didn't even tell my mom or anyone in my family I was pregnant until I was six and a half months pregnant. So I wasn't really focusing on my body at all, except for just trying to like hide it. And I was able to mask it pretty well because I was a little bigger. And then after that, I wasn't really looking at my body. I wasn't taking a lot of pictures. I wasn't focusing on my body very much at all. But then I continued to just gain so much weight after that pregnancy because I kind of kept eating as if I was pregnant still. So that started my whole weight loss journey after gaining a ton of weight from that. But this time around, I've had so much more of a focus on my body the entire time because I'm always taking pictures. I'm showing up online. I'm sharing about my body image and trying to be accepting of my body. And it's so much more like in the field of vision when it's become part of my brand and what I talk about. And then that opens me up to be more self-critical about my, my postpartum body, because I can really see the difference between what it looks like now and what it looks like before I got pregnant. And then, you know, add into the fact that a pandemic hit months before I got pregnant and that threw things through a loop with my body too. So it's been interesting to say the least. You put up a recent post on Instagram and this is the caption that was with it. What I hear, and you quoted things you hear from people, you look amazing. You don't even look like you had a baby. I wish I looked like that postpartum. Breastfeeding will have you losing all that extra weight in no time. And then you wrote the reality. I don't feel amazing. I do look like I just had a baby. You see this hair and the bags under my eyes, right? I wish I look like a lot of people postpartum, but do I really? Not so much. Do I want to be them? Nope. 
Is weight loss my goal of breastfeeding? No. And does it always help you lose weight? Also, no. Remember, we don't always see the full picture. Everything has so much more depth to it than what you see on the outside. I chose this post to bring up. I always like to scroll through people's Instagrams and see if I can paint a picture of kind of who the person is, what they're about, what their Instagram feed has on there. And, you know, it just made me think of something Lisa and I try to concentrate on here in our Outweigh family is like, first of all, just commenting on people's bodies in general. So like when when yeah. people have said things to you, maybe even while you were pregnant and postpartum, how do you handle that? Like if someone says, oh, breastfeeding will have you lose that weight in no time. Like, do you just kind of let that go? Or is it a time to maybe help educate them on commenting about people's bodies? Or how do you handle that personally? It's crazy because I think during pregnancy... And maybe at the beginning of my postpartum journey, that would give me a little grain of hope because, you know, we still have that ingrained in us like, oh, having that weight loss would be great. Like I would love to get, you know, a little bit of my body back as, as it was. So that old part of your brain is like, oh, hopefulness. But then the reality sets in when you realize that not only do a lot of people not lose weight by breastfeeding, but a lot of them gain weight from breastfeeding because you're having to nurture your body so much more to help with the milk production for the baby, which I didn't realize how common this was until actually I posted that. And I scrolled through all the comments and I saw how many women were like, I can't stand when I hear that because it's not true. It wasn't true for me. I gained weight while breastfeeding and it hurts to hear that. And so now when it comes up, I do try to, you know, gently educate and be like, you know, that's actually not true. A lot of women don't lose weight by breastfeeding or the opposite happens. So it's not really true. I love that when you said that, that you had to nurture your body more. I think that's an important way to describe it. Cause some people are like, they might have in their head, like, oh, I can't stop eating. I'm just eating this or craving this or craving that. But really when it comes down to it, you're, you're nurturing your body and giving it the calories that it needs to produce the milk and feed another life. Yeah, exactly. As a nurse and somebody who, at least for the last few years, I know your journey has transitioned a bit from where it started, which is natural. You're somebody that fights diet culture every day by showing up and sharing your story. How do you fight the culture of people saying, oh, you should breastfeed because you'll lose weight? Like, let's just say that was a fact, which we now know it's not, right? But let's just say every time, every woman that breastfeeds loses weight. How do we get those two apart so that women want to breastfeed and get the joys of breastfeeding, assuming it's joyful. I don't know, but (laughs) you know, I'm sure it comes with lots of difficulty as well, but how can we separate those two in conversation and go back to what breastfeeding is really about? Yeah. I think it ultimately comes down to what is the point of breastfeeding and the point of breastfeeding has absolutely nothing to do with your weight. Breastfeeding is to feed your baby. So your baby gains weight or your baby is nourished. Like that is what it comes down to. And I think people often forget that with that statement because we're just so ingrained to feel like we need to bounce back. We need to get our body back. And so they're like, this can help. This will do it. And they say it as like, 
I don't know, to make you feel good or to keep you hopeful. It's, it's very bizarre. And I'm like, who planted that idea and like made that something that everyone thinks happens? Were they trying to like get more people to breastfeed from that? I just don't understand. I mean, I'm sitting here starting to wonder if that was something that was planted just to, yeah, make women feel better about doing it (laughs) or as like a goal to like make it happen so that in their head, they're like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And it's almost like sometimes I've, I've never been pregnant. So I'm just speaking here. I do have two children, but they're adopted. And I'm trying to think like, shouldn't the real thing be if you do choose to breastfeed, some people may not, which is totally their choice, but shouldn't the real focus be, oh, I'm, I can't wait to breastfeed so that I can have that crazy connection with my child. Instead, what we have grown up hearing is, oh, I can't wait to breastfeed because it'll help me lose a few of these pounds, which I am appreciative of certain people in the spotlight that are saying, I don't want to have my pre-baby body back. Like, I'm going to stop saying that to myself. Like Maren Morris was in the news a couple of months ago, you know, admitting that she was someone that had said, maybe not even publicly, but to herself, like, I'm working to get my pre-baby body back. And she, she has quite the following and has so many girls that look up to her and women that I was so thankful to, to hear her post and say, yeah, I'm going to stop saying that to myself. And some of it, yeah, you like you have a very online presence, so you're able to speak into people. But sometimes it's the narrative that we have quietly in our head. Like people might be thinking, oh, I need to get my, my pre-baby body back. And thank you for being part of helping change that narrative. And, it, and it's hard because I myself, I'm not comfortable in my new postpartum body. It feels very strange. Uh, I, I feel disconnected a little bit. It's starting to be better now, but it's this whole new person. It's like you birth a baby and you're getting to know this baby that grew inside you for nine months. And you're able to get excited about the changes happening in your body through that nine months because you're seeing the growth of your baby happen. But then you have this new baby who you just love and adore, but then you kind of birth this new you at the same time that you're trying to get to know that you're not used to, your clothes don't fit, things just don't feel comfortable. Add on to the fact that you you can't work out, you are probably eating differently than you were before, definitely more sporadically, you're, you're probably snacking, eating less, eating more, doing whatever you can, basically, you're in survival mode at first. And you're probably not getting as much sunshine, just so many changes. So many changes are happening that are impacting not only your physical appearance, but how you feel internally that also affects your body image. I don't know about you, but it doesn't matter how I actually look. If I'm not moving my body, eating well in a way that makes me feel good, getting some decent sunshine, I feel like crap. And if I feel like crap, I look in the mirror. It doesn't matter if I look great, quote unquote great or whatnot. I'll be like, oh my body, not a fan right now. It's not a fan because I don't feel good inside. And I think that that's something that so many new moms struggle with where they just don't feel good because of all these new elements. And it often is reflected in their body image because that's the easiest thing they can pinpoint because they look in the mirror and they don't look the same. They don't look like they used to. 
they see a stranger looking back at them, they're exhausted, they have this new life and, and it's hard. And so then you have that little voice in the back of your head, like, Oh, things would be so much easier if at, at least my body was what it used to be. Things would be so much easier if I could just fit into my clothes again. And, and if something can be normal again. And so it is this very difficult, delicate balance of, I want to feel good and I want to look a certain way because that's how I'm comfortable. And then trying to navigate, let's break that down. What's going on? Do I really want to look that way? Do I need something else? It's very complicated and complex. And I, I'm trying to figure it out myself because I wasn't super comfortable in my body. But for many of those reasons, because I wasn't moving, I wasn't eating properly, and I wasn't getting outside and I just felt like crap. It's so interesting because it's such a natural process for a woman. I'm putting that in air quotes so everyone could hear that I'm doing that. But I never realized how dysregulating those first few weeks are when you said, you know, a new mom is exhausted. She has no sleep. She has probably no access to nourishing meals because that takes time, you know, no access to sunshine. And then all of a sudden, you know, you look in the mirror and you blame it all on the way you look when there's so many things, like you said, components that make you feel good. But body image is such a low hanging fruit, the one that we're allowed to complain about, the one that we're allowed to work on. And I love this post that you did about your pregnancy clothes. You said, I have no idea when I'll fit into my pre-pregnancy clothes or if I'll ever fit into them. And while I could continue to wear leggings and oversized clothes, I'm sick of not feeling cute. So I went shopping. There's been more failures than successes. There's been a lot of sizing up. It has not been the most fun experience. But now I have some clothes that fit me as I am now in the body that I have now. And that feels good. I'm not saying I always love how I look in these new clothes, but I can be okay in them. And for now, that's enough. And there's just so much in that post to really savor and digest because it, first of all, applies to all women who are experiencing a change in their body that are frustrated every time they go to try on clothing, that want to feel cute, but instead are putting on oversized clothing because they think they shouldn't invest in something for now. And there's nothing wrong with looking cute, putting on clothes that fit you now, and being okay with your body just as it is in this moment. So I, I personally just really thank you for that post too, because I can't imagine how many women recently pregnant or not are just like, yes, I should go get clothes that fit me now. Maybe not an entire new wardrobe. Cause I don't know where this body's going, but I want to feel good tomorrow walking out the door. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, I was a little heartbroken because I put up a poll and I was, or a little question box. And I was like, how long did you wait? after baby to go shopping again and buy new clothes and the amount of responses saying I'm a year postpartum. I still haven't gone shopping. I'm still wearing my maternity clothes or I'm still wearing the same leggings and baggy shirt that I have been this whole time. And uh, so many responses like that. And, and you can just tell that they just don't feel good about themselves and that they're like, afraid to go shopping. They're afraid to go try on those new clothes or, 
they're, they're holding out hope. They're waiting. They're waiting to get their body back and to fit into their old clothes again, which, like I said, I, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Not only does your body get bigger in the obvious places, but it kind of shifts shape a little bit too. Like you're not the same proportions that you were before. So you're kind of having to figure out how to dress a newly proportioned body and not just a bigger body, if that makes sense. So it just, it made me really sad to see how many people were just not excited to go shopping. And I get it. It can be scary. It could be intimidating. It's taken me a really long time to go from crying in the Target dressing room when I try on clothes that don't fit me because for so long you try on clothes, they don't fit You think you're the problem. You think your body is the problem instead of realizing that piece of clothing is the problem. I either need to find a different piece of clothing or try on a different size in that clothing that actually works for my body, not the other way around. And I've now realized that I'm going to have so many more failures of shopping experiences than successes. Shopping takes so much patience. It takes going into it knowing that, hey, a lot of this stuff is probably not going to fit. I'm not going to love how it looks on me because it's not the right piece of clothing for me. And just saying, okay, this isn't it. Moving on, let's try the next thing until you find the thing you love. But it's so easy to just get overwhelmed by the negative shopping experiences that it makes you want to avoid it completely. And then you miss out on all these awesome pieces of clothes that might make you feel really good because you don't want to go through it. It can be such a gut-wrenching experience in so many of these places where the lighting is just extra awful. Mm -hmm. And you're like fighting with tags that are stuck on your body because it's too small of a garment. You know, there's just so many things that make it really uncomfortable. But I love what you said about knowing that you're going to have more failures than successes. Like also just knowing that majority of the things that you put on are just not going to work. And that shape shifting, like you said, that's happening, your body's changing, makes it even more challenging because normally you might know that, uh, let's say, A-line dresses look good on your body, right? And then you're walking into this store and you have no even just being in pregnancy, like the style of dress, I have no idea how to dress myself. And it's just, it's interesting to kind of go into it with the mindset of knowing, hey, we're going to give this a go. We're not going to be attached to the outcomes and we're just going to find things that work just for today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. 
I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me. <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to catch you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. In this postpartum space for you, how have you dealt with any, or have you, dealt with any internal struggles with certain people that you follow or stuff you come across on Instagram of like comparison with other people that are postpartum. I just didn't know if you could speak to that at all and offer encouragement to people that may find themselves in that position, whether pregnant now or in postpartum or might be pregnant one day or just even comparison online in general. What do you do to help protect your brain from any thoughts? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And it's so hard because while I used to compare my body all the time to other people that I saw online, that hasn't necessarily been the top of mind, but I definitely catch myself comparing myself to others 
with a bunch of different other things. And I don't know how it happened, but I have so many friends online in the similar space that I am. And everyone just happened to get pregnant at the same time and had babies all around the same time. And it's so bizarre, but also so amazing. But then that also leaves you comparing yourselves, whether, you know, because Instagram is a business and it can be so hard to see, you know, engagement differences and brand partnership differences and stuff like that, where some people are creating this, what I think is like really amazing content. And I'm like, how do you have the energy? How do you have the energy? Like, I, I can't even get dressed today. Like, how are you writing these ama- amazing captions? And and you read a couple good ones. I'm like, hey, I thought I'm good. <laughs> I have but- another one that's awesome too. <laughs> <For> the- <laughs> okay, good. I-, I put some good stuff out there. But for the most part, I'm like, how are how are you doing this? And then I just fall down this spiral of of feeling like I'm inadequate or feeling like I'm not good enough. And oh. I'm sure you must know Sarah of the bird's papaya. I don't know why, but me and all my other friends, we we can't help but compare ourselves to her because she's just like this anomaly superhuman on Instagram. And we all kind of, she's a friend of mine. I love her so much. And I look up to her and it's hard because we were all kind of in a similar space as her. And then, and then she exploded and she's doing all these incredible, amazing things. And it can feel like, what am I doing wrong? Or what, why am I not doing amazing things? Or, or why am I not as likable, which can be so mind boggling. And, and something that from a personal level has been a little difficult is my, my 12 year old didn't have the, the best bonding with the baby at first. It took a really long time for her, her to warm up to the baby. And from watching Sarah and her older kids just like seemed like they were absolutely in love with her new baby, seeing that special relationship and bond that they were going through was really hard for me when mine were not having that same kind of bond. And so it's just like stuff like that that you wouldn't think about are, are definitely challenges that you don't anticipate when you're just watching people on Instagram, you know? Yeah, comparison sneaks in, in in a lot of different ways. And I will say I have a brother who's 16 years younger than me and I was really pissed off when he was born and then I really <laughs> do love him. <laughs> so I will say that good relation tips take a little bit of, you know, cultivation time. Yeah. And things are things are I could talk about it now because things are much better now. But for a while, it was like, Oh, no, but I think you bring up a good point that it's just so easy to compare even to compare to people that you're so happy for. And especially in the new mom space when you're so tired, (laughs) that you know, it's so hard and and you're somebody that shows up for other new moms, you know, that's what your account is about that it's like, it's not even like you comparing yourself to anyone else. It's about why can't I continue to show up in the way that I used to serve, I can personally relate to that being frustrating from my own life experiences. And it's just so easy to, to get caught up in that. So comparison comes in all different shapes and sizes, you know, so to speak. It's not just about, oh, this person bounced back. It's about, oh, this person's brain went back to working faster than my brain went to work back to working. And that can feel so frustrating. Oh, you nailed it. You nailed it. So yeah, exactly. I love that your Instagram (laughs) description is sugar and spice with a dash of sass and that you're into realistic wellness and some motherhood messiness. And I just think your space, you've done 
a really great job with it. And you're giving so many of your people, your followers, and hopefully some new ones that come and follow you after today, just that permission to to be themselves right where they are, just to meet themselves right where they're at and be okay with that. I know I'm super thankful for it. I think that it takes a special type of person to kind of show show up in all of their ways and you do it so well. I mean, sometimes I'll even like, I don't put probably as much of my life on Instagram. I have other outlets where people learn more about me. I've worked in radio for 15 years and I'm on air. So it's, it's, that's more of my space, but there is something about having a visual with it too. And even your videos, like I've just watched so many of your stories and instantly felt comforted. And I'm like, this is where it's at. This girl's keeping it real. Cause I've watched some other mothers and they are making it seem like they just have it all together. And like motherhood is so easy and simple. And I just think that you're doing it well. So I want to say that I look up to you just as you may look up to uh, Sarah. Oh, well, thank you. That means a lot. And shout out to my Instagram bio. Like, what do I put here? So Amy, can you read the other uh, social media posts that you liked of? Oh, the other one that I pulled? Yes, I can. Yeah. Hopefully Chelsea is fine with us just like reading her words back to her, but it's really for everybody else. Go for it. I put them out there for the world. Might as well. All right. Now this one is from January 28th and Chelsea wrote, my body was the epicenter of my brand for so many years from building this page based on my weight loss journey to learning to accept my body. It's always focused on my body, explaining why it wasn't okay, explaining why it was to talking about why I didn't like it, to how I was learning to love it. But all roads led back to my body being the focus. And while being okay with my body and myself in general will always be a part of my story that I will continue exploring, it never has and never will be the full thing. Like we all know by now, we are so much more than our bodies. Sometimes in this space, it doesn't feel like I can talk about anything else because that's all I've done for so long. And it just doesn't resonate as much anymore because frankly, I don't want to think about my body all day, every day. It can be rather exhausting to be honest. So here's to a future of my body being only part of my story and not the sole focus. Ah, I had goosebumps while I read that out loud. So sorry that I just yelled into the microphone, but I mean, that is, that's the kind of content you're going to get from Chelsea people. I think that was one of my favorite posts that I ever put out there because I felt like after saying that, that I was kind of like drawing a line in the sand that I was moving forward with talking about my body less. And that was really scary actually, because then I felt like I was going to be judged if I did talk about my body or that I was going to have my content hyper-focused on, well, is she doing that or is she not? And it was also freeing because I had been feeling that way for a very, very long time. And I know many other people who, who started out like I did with either a fitness weight loss account, transitioned to a similar place as me and, and feel very similar but they're afraid to integrate other different types of content because people love that. People love to see you talking about your body, people sharing their cellulite and stretch marks and 
all that stuff. They love it. And the algorithm loves it. And not doing that is kind of, it can hinder your brand a little bit too. And it's scary. And I, I think it's, it's hard because it's so emotionally draining to have to feel like you have to talk about that all the time. And it can just have a really negative impact on your mental health. And then, like I said, you're, you're just hyper-focusing on your body. So then you end up being more self-critical or if you're having a bad body image day, then you feel like you're failing because you're talking about how you're supposed to have good body image. And it just, it's all a disaster. (laughs) I think there's so much authenticity laced into that. And in the beginning of Instagram, it was kind of like, if you show your imperfections all the time, that's the most authentic thing you can do. But like you said, when you start to build your brand on that, but then all of a sudden it's like, wait, that's not what I'm thinking about all the time, but it's what I'm posting all the time. Cause it's what people like to really go back to what you like, your journey, your reality, which could be a funny caption. Sometimes I really enjoy your short captions, your one-liners that I think like that to me is who you are. You're, you know, you said, what was it? What was the bio sugar and spiced with a little sass. I messed that up. Sugar and spice with a little bit of sass. Yeah. It's that little bit of sass, you know, and you're, you're getting it in there and you're a full person. And it, it truly feels like, like Amy said, like when you watch your stories, it feels real seeing somebody just share their imperfections. And I think even like really long quotes, while I'm sure it resonates with each person differently um, from a creator point of view, I just feel you on that where it's like, we're a well-rounded human being. We need to show all of those well rounds and not chase the algorithm because of, you know, what performs well. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, you know, I know. I gotcha. <laughs> Okay, well, this was super, super interesting. Can just to finish off the episode, is there just one thing that you would want a new mom to know in weeks one through eight? You're gonna be okay. It's gonna be fine. It's gonna be messy. It's gonna be a little hard. I have a very difficult time asking for help. So I had so many people while I was still pregnant say, I'm, I'll bring food by, I'll, I'll go grocery shopping, this, that, this, so many offers for things before baby came, but then baby came and crickets. And I'm not the type of person, I'm not going to text you and be like, Hey, will you go do that thing that you said you were going to do like four weeks ago? Cause that'd be great <laughs> right about now. I'm not going to do that. So if you can remind, you know, gentle reminder to those people when they're offering ahead of time, be like, will you offer that again when baby's here? And I think that would help a lot because then it's a lot easier for someone to be like, Hey, I'm, I'm running to the store. Can I grab you something? And be like, yes. Instead of reaching out and asking for that help because while while asking for help is great it's really really hard and realistically we're not going to do it (laughs) so I'd say definitely do that and and just know it's a phase it's a phase soak it in it goes by so quickly and while it's one of the most challenging times your baby is never going to be like as squishy and tiny and and fresh and you only get to enjoy that for such a short period of time that you know even if you're feeling a little strange in your body and your mindset's not not its best just just know it'll be okay and it'll pass and and soak up all the good that you can from that that time because It'll be over before you know it. Great advice. Awesome. Love it. And I guess I'll just uh, piggyback off of that and maybe gear what you said towards people that are listening that may have a friend that's pregnant <laughs> or have just had a baby or if they're about to. 
to like hear what Chelsea said and make sure you're intentional about reaching out after the baby's born. That's an excellent point. Like maybe you could be the friend that organizes the meal train. Maybe you could be the friend that organizes, you know, a group text to make sure that whoever just had a baby is taken care of for the first couple of months. Like, you know, if you have a handful of friends that take two weeks out of 12 or something, then boom, they've got some some support. And so if, if you're listening right now, instead of the pregnant person having to maybe kind of subtly remind friends to be there for them, like we'll just send the reminder out to all of us. Like Lisa is having a baby soon. So now I'm making a mental note to make sure that Lisa's okay after she gives birth. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Yes, yes, love that. Well, thank you, Chelsea. We'll put your information below so everyone can go follow if they're not. And thank you for being such a light. And congrats on your baby and your growing family. And it's just a beautiful life you have. And congrats to you, Lisa. I can't wait to see your little baby. And oh, thank you. Be here before you know it. It's so exciting. It was so good to talk to both of you. Thank you so much for having me on. My pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.